shelter from the storm. Welcome to the Shelter from the Storm podcast, a daily walk through the Bible with me, Pastor Jason Poling, as we seek shelter in Jesus Christ from the storms of this life. It's a great day to glorify God. This is Pastor Jason Poling coming to you from the Shelter from the Storm podcast. I hope you're doing well as we go into our 26th day, I believe, of the shelter in place, at least here uh, in California when it was issued back in March. And we are grateful that a lot of good things seem to be happening, some positive reports of things not being quite as bad as we thought they would have been here in California. Although what has become more severe is the economic reaction, uh, the loss of jobs, financial instability, and the mental health that accompanies that. And so that is still a concern, and uh, we continue to pray for that, but we know that the only place we can turn to is to Jesus, is to the Word of God, uh, made flesh in the Word of God that's written down for us from the prophets and disciples and apostles so that we can, we can understand who this Jesus is that we can find great comfort in. And so as we shake in our boots here from all these fears and anxieties, we can stand upon the rock that does not shake under us. And that's what we're doing. We're in Mark chapter 4, and uh, I'm in the New American Standard Version. You can choose whatever translation you like. Last week, or excuse me, yesterday's podcast, we talked about uh, Mary and the disciples, uh, and Mary and the brothers, rather, of Jesus, who tried to take Jesus away from his disciples because they thought he was a little crazy. He was causing too much trouble. So there we see Mary not fully a believer yet in who Jesus was, and neither were the brothers of Jesus. Thankfully, later they were. But Jesus' point here in this context is that, yes, blood is thicker than water, right? Family's important, temporal, physical family. But he's basically saying, my blood, the shed blood of Christ, which creates the forever family, is thicker than earthly blood. It's thicker than the blood of mere uh, physical family. So he's basically saying... Mary, Mary even, or the brothers, my brothers, they are not a part of my forever family until they truly follow me like these disciples are, until they start doing the actual will of God. And so that's what we see in Mark chapter 4 is, why does that happen? Why can people be so close to Jesus, even touching him, being in his family? And of course, the Pharisees we see in the passage before uh, that, we also see them experiencing Jesus seeing him do miracles, seeing his teaching, and yet they reject him. Why does that happen? Why does that happen in some hearts and others it doesn't? You've seen that. You've seen some that receive the gospel and they reject it. They're offended by it. But then someone else right next to them can have the same gospel sent to them, preached to them, and they receive it. What goes on there? And it's somewhat a mystery, but Jesus reveals a little bit of it to us here in Mark chapter 4. Mark 4.1, again, he began to teach beside the sea and a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things and parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, listen, a sower, a farmer, a sower of seed went out to sow the seed. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on a rocky ground where it did not have much soil and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And 
So that verse 9, Jesus is speaking in a very sage-like, kind of like in the Old Testament Proverbs. There's a way in which he's saying, yes, you can hear something at an audible physical level, but there's something deep that you have to apprehend when you hear it. And only those who have that depth of hearing to hear this wisdom of God can receive it. And he's saying, you hopefully will have these ears. And so he teaches this parable, and it's one that everybody in an agrarian society would have understood. In fact, you might come from an agrarian society where you live. I live in one like that here in the northern uh, Sacramento Valley, just north of Sacramento. And uh, we have orchards everywhere. And we can grow just about anything here. It's a very similar climate to the Mediterranean area where Jesus was at in Israel. And it's indeed true that the sun, man, it comes out and it will bake anything in its path. And there's no rain for months and months and months on end. And I am not a green thumb. I've tried to uh, raise some plants, some tomato plants, and all were failures. Never got to enjoy any of them because I didn't stay on top of it with watering. So people would recognize this. Obviously, if you plant seed that's on rocky soil, it's not even going to take root. The birds are going to come and get it. We have so many blackbirds and crows because of all the rice fields around here that that makes sense to us here. And then, of course, it makes sense to us that it would fall into the ground and maybe the, the soil is good here or in the Mediterranean area and it would sprout up. But if it's not tended to and watered, that sun just going to scorch it, bake it. And, of course, we've got so many weeds. Everything grows well here. And so we'd understand that a good plant could be choked out by all the thorns and weeds. And then we see those that produce fruit. And that's what Jesus is going after. And if you think of it this way, there's... Uh, not that Jesus is giving us an exact percentage, but it makes sense of the reason why so often people reject the gospel and why so few come to receive it. Jesus is saying, even in his own ministry, that on average, more people will reject his message than receive it. Right? We got 25% kind of margin that we're looking at here. Three out of four seeds or soils are not receiving it not having ears to hear, and only one does. So that may be giving you encouragement when you realize, hey, every time I go out and present the gospel, it's probably not always going to be received. But there is always that one that will receive it. And that gives us great hope. So then he says, I'm, he's going to respond to the disciples because they were gathered around him and asking him in verse 10 about the parables. And he says to them, to you it has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables. And then Jesus quotes from the prophet Isaiah, so that they may indeed see, but not perceive, and may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. That's an intense passage, a lot of deep theology there we can't get into today, but it does kind of point back to places like John chapter 6 and others throughout Scripture. Uh, definitely, uh, Ephesians 2 and others, where we, we get this sense that there are some who God calls to himself and others he does not. Do we understand why? No. Uh, Romans 11 would, would tell us that. We don't understand why God does these things. And it may be that he sees the heart and he can see that these people uh, were not so, did not have the soil that really wanted to receive him, that they did not have hearts that really wanted God at all. And so... He's giving these parables to them, as we see in Isaiah, as an additional judgment against them. So they receive more information, and that gives them more desire to reject it, which brings more 
judgment upon their heads. And again, a tough passage, something to wrestle with. I'd love to hear your comments on that. But definitely, there are some who God has ordained to receive it, some that do not receive it. And it is a mystery to some degree. Now, verse 13, he says, Do you not understand this parable? If you don't, how are you going to understand all the parables? And he's hoping that every one of them have hearts that receive it. Of course, we know that one at least, Judas, the betrayer, does not. Verse 14, he goes to explain it. The sower sows the word, right? The seed is the word. And some falls into the rocky soil. And that's people that just outright reject it. They hear the gospel and they say, no, no thanks. And Satan just comes and takes away. Satan plants the seed of doubt like he does in Genesis chapter 3. And, uh, and people say, this is an offensive message. I don't want it. So that one's something we see often. But then there's others, and you've seen this as well, who receive the good news of Jesus Christ with joy. And it sprouts up for a second, and then it just gets taken away. It gets uh, burned up by the, the, trial, right, the trials of the world. Here he says, these are the ones uh, who have roots in themselves, but endure for a while. Verse 17, then when tribulation and persecution arise on account of the word, they immediately fall away. And so you see that often people... Unfortunately, throughout the churches, are looking for a quick fix. They're looking for Jesus to be maybe the the next solution to their temporal problems that they're facing. And you might think that's a good impulse, but in some sense, it's just looking at Jesus as a tool for them. And when they receive Jesus, they sometimes get excited and think, oh my gosh, this is going to change my life. And then when they realize that actually following Jesus is a come and die message and it causes sometimes greater trials. Because it's a deeper fix at a deeper level than just your temporary physical problems. Then they immediately reject it. And they think, this is not what I signed up for. So that's what happens there. And then you see this third soil. Verse 18. They're sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things enter in and choke out the word and prove it, and it proves unfruitful. So... That can be someone who stays in the church, is trying to follow God in some sense, but anxiety and fear and desiring to be secured by by money, by things of this world, all the different ways in which we can follow other idols instead of worshiping the living God because we feel like maybe God isn't going to fully secure us. We don't trust him fully, and so we run after other things to help us have some security. And you see that, uh, Christians, we all can fall into that, every single one of us. We have to always be on our guard and be ready to repent of those idols. But those are those that, that the word gets uh, squeezed out, gets choked out, and they're unwilling to really do the will of, of God, the will of Jesus, and so they prove themselves not to be a part of the forever family, ultimately. Because only those who produce fruit, like we see in verse 20, those who hear the word, accept it, and they do begin to do God's will, and they bear fruit. It doesn't matter if it's if, they're, if they are able to bear a hundredfold or thirtyfold, right? If they, can, if they can do a lot for Jesus or a little. It, it, that's not the point. Jesus is okay with different levels of output, because everyone has different gifts and abilities and roles. And he just wants us to have output. He wants us to actually obey him because that shows that we trust him and we believe in him and we understand what the gospel truly is. And so that's Jesus' explanation of this four-soil parable. 
And uh, definitely something for us to reflect on, especially as we face the trials of the COVID-19 and we have anxiety and we want to be secured by politicians or doctors or methods. And all those things are okay to listen to, but if those are our sole focus and our sole place of security and not Jesus, we might be one who is having the thorns choke out our productivity. We need to really pull back and say, I want to be the good soil and say, Jesus, even in this trial, even if it costs me, I want to do what you've called me to do. And that is good soil that produces good fruit. And that's where we all want to be in this. And so it's something for us to just reflect on, pray about. I'd love to hear your comments. Please let me know if you have any questions. God bless you. Thanks for taking a few minutes today to dive into the Word of God with me. I always love hearing your feedback and questions. So you can email me at jason at cornerstoneyc.com. Looking forward to continue in the Word of God with you as we seek shelter from the storm in Jesus Christ.